Purpose Seekers, welcome back to part two of this wonderful conversation with Mrs. Karen Williams. I'm your host, Akila Thompson, for the Sold Into Purpose podcast. And guess what? We're talking about purpose and relationships. So please do enjoy. We looked at the healthy person who knows themselves and possibly would be in long-term relationships. What about someone who Every time you meet them, they are never single. They are just going from relationship to relationship to relationship, not necessarily long term. Mm-hmm. What would mm-hmm. they say to someone like that? Do they have some attachment issue? What's going on there? That's a topic that um, I've done some teaching on. You know, why? Because the question that was pro- posed to me was why do I keep meeting the same type of people? Or why do I keep going from one unhealthy relationship to the next? It's not necessarily that, you know, what you are attracting, but of course, what you are allowing to stay. That's that's the, that's the main thing. So keep that in mind. It's not necessarily who or what you attract is what you're allowing to say. Because we attract all kinds of stuff, you know. Um, gosh, you know, there are people that um, keep in mind, you and I have a gift and an anointing on our lives. It's going to attract all kinds of stuff. Now you and I have to do what we need to do to keep that, you know, to cover that, to protect that per se. So when we're talking about romantic relationships and you, you, yeah, we all know that one person who's never alone, right? They're not really learning from the last relationship. So whatever hurt or pain that they found or they experienced in the last relationship, they rather go to the next person versus take a breather and actually deal with that. You know how when we used to skin our knees, when we run in, you know, run in, the, we go see grandma in the country and we skin our knees in the yard. All right. You remember how they would put a bandaid on it? And of course, you don't want them to touch it, but you know, it's better to just rip that bandaid off and just wash that cut get all the germs out of it. And then the healing starts. The thing is, when you think about that as you know, in the in the sense of relationship, what a lot of us would rather do is let's just keep the bandaid covering it up, you know, and if if any little I know this sounds gross, but if anything seeps out, I just wipe it off around the side and put another bandaid on it. And then in the midst of that, there's an infection happening under there. Some of us have such infectious hearts and we're not taking care of it. We're not stopping to evaluate and, and take some, um, we talked about earlier, we talked about uh, self-awareness and self-discovery. Every time you come out of a relationship, you're supposed to stop for a second and say, okay, what was I thinking? Why was I in that relationship? What did I learn from that? How did I contribute to the demise of that relationship? Right. That's the question that we're a lot of us are not asking ourselves. And so we go to the next relationship armed with the baggage from the last one. We experience the same thing because we didn't learn anything from the last one. And so the cycle continues. And so now I have clients who are in their 40s and their 50s and even 60s asking me, OK, I'm done running 
I'm done with this. What do I do now? Wow. And the thing about it is that the purpose road, it continues. It doesn't stop until we're dead. So we need exactly. to be conscious of the fact that each moment that we do not use it to do something meaningful, we're actually wasting our time and we can't get it back. And we need to take care of ourselves and protect that time because it is precious. Exactly. And add relationships and communication. You mentioned before that it is important for us to have self-respect, but we need to mm -hmm. communicate those boundaries. And many of us, we're lacking in that area. So we have the things, we've set it up, we understand who we are, but we have not communicated those expectations and we expect that the person we're in <laughs> with whatever form of relationship, let us read our minds and know exactly what they need to do. Help us fix mm -hmm. it, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, communication is, you know, I, I call it the lifeblood of your relationship. So just think about it. So without uh, without our blood um, communicating and traveling through our bodies and bringing oxygen around our bodies, we die. That's it. Our body is over, right? So communication is the lifeblood of your relationship. That means you're going to have to keep it active. You cannot communicate one time and that's the end of that. What I told you last week already, no, this is a continuous conversation. This is something that keeps going, it keeps growing. And not every communication moment or every communicated moment has to be um, a conflict. We don't have to have conflict every time we communicate, right? However, when we, if we're, if we're, um, if we have expectations and we don't voice them, that that's just downright ludicrous because what end up happening is you have expectations based on absolutely nothing based on nothing because just think about it if you get hired for a job and you get there and your boss or the company does not have or does not share their expectations with you you're going to be a little devastated you're going to be crying in the corner i don't know what to do i don't know what they expect from me well, until they voice that, no, you don't know what they expect. So you go into your romantic relationship, rom you know, a platonic relationship, professional relationships, knowing how to communicate your needs. And when you and I know who we are, know our purpose, know what God called us to do, we have absolutely no problem voicing exactly what we need from this relationship. Again, whether or not it's platonic, romantic, or professional. That is, <laughs> that is incredible. We mm -hmm. love communication and a part of that in, involves us loving our partner. And the love that I'm talking about is L-U-V. That mm -hmm. is listening, understanding, mm -hmm. validating. Validating. Oh. All right. So what we, what in, in, um, in our relationships, we have the tendency because you like, just watch you and I having this conversation. There's a moment where you're listening to me and there's a moment that I'm listening to you. I'm not listening to respond to you. I'm actually listening to make sense of what you're saying or what you're asking me. And it's the same way in our romantic relationships. We have the tendency to, we, we first of all, we are approaching our relationship from an adversarial position, from the position of wrong or right. Right. And when you and I have demeaned or diminished our relationship 
to the only only to the level of wrong or right we have lost purpose right you and i have to be able to empathize with each other and again we talked about how we were raised and where our backgrounds and all of that and based on our backgrounds and the way we were raised we're going to see things a little differently and i'm supposed i'm should be in the position to say to you hey i've never experienced that but i understand tell me more that kind of thing you know um understanding is again i'm listening so that i can understand what you're sharing with me and when you say validate um yeah i'm literally saying to you i don't agree but it makes sense i don't agree it may not be for me right now but it makes sense to you in other words i'm not looking at you saying oh i I disagree with that so that must be stupid. No, you and I are not the authority on every topic, every subject in every space. <laughs> so, be open so you can listen. Listen to the person, hear what's being said, not what you think they're saying, and understand so that you can respond in a way that it, it doesn't disrespect the other person. And then you validate them so that you're, of course, in those moments, you're empathizing, you're validating what they're saying. You're saying, hey, I may not agree, but I definitely understand what you're, what, uh, the point that you're making. That is true. And a part of communication too also involves maybe someone brings something to your attention. You may not have an immediate response, but it's okay for us to say, okay, give me some time. Let me process my yes. back to you or let me do some research so that I am better able to understand your perspective and from exactly. there navigate how that is. Exactly. We look at love languages and persons have different love languages and whenever those things are not being met in the relationship we're like okay let's pack up let's cheat let's do whatever without communicating the love right. language how do i say to you this is how i want to be loved and likewise you say to me this is how i wish to be loved how do where do when do we say that at the beginning as we go through at what stages is it important to have that clear communication <laughs> I say you, the opportunity will present itself. Um, I, I, sometimes it's not, um, sometimes we don't even have to voice it depending on, on our relationship. Because if you and I are observant of each other, you know, I can say, oh, I think, you know, quality time is your love language based on what I observe or, you know, what I've seen or whatever the case may be. Um, the thing is with, with love languages, there are a lot of times it's going to be different than your partners. It's going to be different than those around you. And this is when you and I decide how much do we want to invest into this relationship? Because now we, we have the tendency to want to change the person so that they, they become more pliable to you. But that's not how love languages work. They're called love languages for a reason. That means I'm accepting you just as you are, and I'm making the commitment to the relationship to throw, you know, get in there and figure out what is it that, you know, how do you want to be loved? What is it that you need to be able to, you know, to walk in, um, you know, to operate and walk into the relationship, feeling loved, cared for, and heard? that is definitely something that we should take into consideration and i trust that from viewers and listeners you are 
soaking in all of this information and of course you're more than welcome to book a session yes i am promoting her services <laughs> a session so that you can have all of these things sorted out so we've talked about self-respect communication um identifying yourself who you are who's you are mm -hmm. and you want to go to this space linking that to purpose we looked at parenting we have so many things that you can pull from so please share this with someone as we continue this conversation we've done the courtship we've done the dating we want to ensure that it's going somewhere and not just going with the flow which is what many persons are doing in this space and time how do we know that this is where this relationship is heading okay let me back up just a little bit when you first get into a relationship, especially when, um, you know, maybe the first couple of dates, the conversation, the conversations that you're having, you have to really start paying attention to what's being said and some of what's not being said. Um, for example, if, you know, you're just going out with this person and they're already sharing with you that, um, no, I, you know, I decided a few years ago that I didn't want children or that I, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I'm always okay just dating or I'm good by myself or, you know, those, those, um, those buzzwords or those keywords that you hear that is already sending you a message without you even asking. Right. I also teach my, my clients how to ask those questions in a way that the person doesn't feel like they're being interrogated. You know, so you ask questions, if you want to know if this person ever want to have kids or ever have a, um, a long-term relationship, which eventually lead to marriage, uh, to marriage, you want to ask questions like, so how do you feel about parenthood? Tell me what your family was like, um, you know, when you were younger, um, uh, what are some of the things that, you, what are some of the traditions you have in your family that you would maybe want to start in your family or, you know, continue those in your family. And so you learn it a lot from just having, you know, those conversations. And again, you watch how, um, how they deal with other people outside of you. Again, you're not the only person that they should be respecting when you're thinking about uh, marriage and merging your life together. Um, so right away, how do you know if this relationship is heading towards marriage? I'm thinking within six months, you should have some idea within a year. If the relationship is not going to the next step, then you're probably wasting your time with this person. If that is what you want as well. And just pulling from that, persons have this expectation that we're just starting out and the mm -hmm. first date matters because we have a viral video that is going around i'm not sure if you saw it where this young lady this gentleman took her on a date she was late and she don't want to go to cheese factory she want to get out of the vehicle <laughs> well i am 100 percent with the, the gentleman as a matter of fact some person said that they would have left her right there in the parking lot and i agree with them but <laughs> what is your take on that? Do you believe that the first date is a reflection of how the gentleman sees you? I I don't. I don't. Because again, we are we are allowing 
um, we're allowing, like we said earlier, we're for one, we're allowing social media to kind of dictate how we should navigate our relationships. And that's dangerous, right? But if let's say that actually, um, you know, that actually happened and, and you want to really figure out who this person is based on date number one. Date number one is an in introduction. It's not the Holy of Holies yet. <laughs> it's an introduction, <laughs> right? So I think, <clears throat> excuse me, that in it, when you're talking about an introduction, it is probably the most casual encounter you'll ever have. Hello, how are you? I'm Karen. Hey, you're Akila. Nice meeting you. You know, and where whatever that environment in, we, you know, for me, I like being outside. I like, you know, I like being active. So I suggest to a lot of my first time, uh, my, you know, clients, if you're going on a date for the first time, invite the person into your space, not your house. Let me take, let me be clear. You do not take someone to your house on date number one. No, no. Okay. Side note. <laughs> but when I say invite them into your space, if you're, if you enjoy the outdoors, maybe you guys go for a walk. If you, um, you know, especially here in the States, a lot of people, they have their, their dogs that said, you know, they want to take them to dog parks. Um, the, the coffee shop around the corner, there's a new, um, you know, wine tasting event, you know, next month, maybe we should, that's super casual. There's no pressure. There's no need to impress. There's no need for me to try and, and, and win you over or because again, it's an introduction. You know, how about a good old fashioned picnic? Meet me in the park, meet me in the park and let's just have conversation. Date number one is all about conversation. You not wanting to go to the cheesecake factory or any, you know, similar, uh, you know, restaurant or, or, um, or establishment to me, it's, it's, it's shallow. It's, it's super shallow. And again, in that, in that moment, you're learning a lot from the individual that's not even being said. True. And the whole recording process was just above and beyond. But yeah, let's learn. I'm sure she will learn when she rewatches that clip. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. So we've met the six months or one year Mm -hmm. moving into the next level how important is premarital counseling oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um how important is premarital coaching counseling therapy any kind of premarital work that's asking how important is it to lay a foundation to build your house Hope we are all listening. <laughs> Does the house you live in have a foundation? <laughs> Absolutely. Akila, if you build a structure without a foundation, it's going to eventually cave in, right? That is what premarital coaching, I call it premarital education, because depending on the relationship, you may need just coaching or counseling or therapy, right? So when you're talking about um, investing in premarital education, 
um, the pushback that I normally get is, oh, you're just a little bit too expensive. And this is an investment for the rest of your life. You are spending 25 to 30,000 US dollars on a wedding, mm -hmm. but you won't invest $2,000 in premarital coaching or premarital education for 10 weeks. You're talking about the rest of your life. I'm not saying that you have to get a coaching with me, but dear Lord, get it from somebody, Right. you know? Because here's what I'm, here's a, here's the situation over the years in the 17 years I've been doing this work. Here's what the common thing that I get. I didn't realize he was like this until we got married. I didn't know she was like this until we get married. Akila, I've had uh, clients that once they finish with my premarital coaching, they actually call the wedding off because they learned things from each other that they were not ready to merge their life with yet. And that's okay. Now, mind you, I am not here with the intent of calling anybody's wedding off. As a matter of fact, I celebrate marriage, but here's the thing. I went into this work when I started my company, I went into it with the purpose in mind to decrease the amount of divorces that we have. That's my ultimate goal. As a matter of fact, I wrote an article called Stop Getting Divorced <laughs> because that's you, the reason we're getting divorced is half the time we had no idea who we were getting married to. We saw the red flags and we excused them away. Right. In my in my first marriage that ended in divorce, which is why I don't want you to get divorced. <laughs> but in my first marriage. I learned that my ex-husband had not paid any income tax the year before. And so as a result, the money that I made, because we were now joint, the money that I made went to paying his taxes. Well, that I was a little salty behind that, you know, why? Because I didn't take the time to learn how he felt about money, what his, uh, his financial characteristics are, what his financial personality was, how much debt he had, how he felt about spending, what does spending look like and what does saving look like to him. I didn't stick around to hear all that. He was cute and we had a baby together and so we should get married. Hey, that's good enough reason to get married, you know? And so at that time, that's what society basically pushed us to do because all the older people in our, in our lives were, Hey, that's your baby's father. Who else should you marry? Well, a year and a half later, we were done. We were filing divorce and I was divorced before we were even hit two years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the thing about it is that many persons are focused on being married, but not the marriage. And I saw say that, say that again, <laughs> focus on being married, but not the marriage. And after the lights turn off after that, uh, ceremony, that is mm -hmm. begins. And that mm -hmm. is the <laughs> because marriage, if you think about marriage in the sense of think about, um, I, I come when I teach couples, I teach it to them in a way that marriage is a journey. It's not a destination. So imagine getting, um, you get prepared all for this one day. You get married and it's an event and it's a party. So you're not preparing for the event. You're actually preparing for 
the journey. And so the journey itself should look like, uh, you know, month one, year one, you know, the first five years, the first 10 years, the first 15, and you should have gone along, you know, along the journey or made some headway, make some steps, made some changes. One of the models that I live by is a quote by Bishop Desmond Tutu. It says, there comes a time when we have to stop pulling people out of the river and go upstream and find out why they're falling in. And so people, what was happening was as a coach, I was constantly doing marital coaching. People were already married and find themselves unsure of why they got married, didn't mean to get married. I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't know he was like this. I didn't know she was like this. So instead of uh, putting band-aids on it or fixing the issue now, let me go upstream and find out what are couples lacking, why they keep falling in in the first place. Because guess what? When you go downstream, they're going to be rough waters. They're going to be dark waters. They're going to be rough times. They're going to be dangerous times. And so if you and I don't have the life vest or the boat or the canoe or whatever it is that we need to navigate that, we're going to drown. And a coach, a counselor, or a therapist is going to come along and have to pull you out of that. <laughs> help you navigate that give you the tools now to to navigate where you are me meanwhile had you and i invested in the premarital work in the first place we would be armed with everything that we need because guess what the rough waters are coming whether you're prepared for it or not it's coming you know so when you get downstream which is life children finances in-laws you know, sexuality, romance, uh, you know, sickness, health, all of those things. When you get down there and you start encountering those rough waters, what do you do? During the pandemic, we found out, a lot of people found out what their relationship was actually built on. You know, someone said to me, um, hey, you know, is your husband back to work? Because, you know, he's in um, entertainment business. So, of course, every, all of that was shut down here in Las Vegas during the pandemic. My husband stayed home for a year and a half during the pandemic. And someone asked me, aren't you tired of him being home? I'm like, uh, no. As a matter of fact, I like having him at home. I like coming home and he's there. I like coming home and, you know, you know, I can talk to him about my day, which normally he's not home because we work separate, you know, different, um, different hours. I usually have to grab him in between his work shifts, you know, those, those kind of things. So if you and I are marrying people that we don't want to be around, ooh, uh, <laughs> I mean, I got, I got nothing. <laughs> we need to understand that it is an investment, not just in the marriage, but an investment in you. And if we start with the act of investing in ourselves, then it becomes so much easier to invest in that entire process because it's two different persons, maybe two different cultures, and you're merging all of that to become one. And mm -hmm. the tools we need to be equipped to navigate the space. Just like, oh, as you mentioned, we go on the job, we need the manual, we need to know what is expected of us so that we can function fully. Then we need exactly. those tools 
to navigate that space. And you talk about finances and I'm happy you mentioned that because I literally saw a post this morning where someone says his greatest fear with getting married is because he does not want anyone to say that my money is their money. So tell us about the 50-50 rule. How do we talk about finances? Because that is a big thing. Yeah, that that is um, one of, of course, that's one of the, the modules in my workbook. And it's it's been the center of quite a few contentions in my sessions, you know, as you could imagine, because one's, you know, of course, part of the, you know, what's included in the work that I do is, you know, up here, I'm not sure if they have them in Jamaica, but here we have these credit reports that if you, if you need your, your, you know, to learn how much debt each person have, you got to get a credit report. So one of the things that I require of my couples when they come in for premarital coaching is they have to pull their, their own credit report. I don't have to see it, but they have to share it with each other because you're not going to leave my coaching session and tell anybody that when we left, I had no idea about the person that I was getting married to. Okay. Now finances is, um, for starters, there's no such thing as 50, 50 rule in a healthy marriage. There's no such thing. Okay. When you talk about if, 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 if couples or individuals are going into their relationship, and I got to sit up straight for this one, if they're going into their relationship with the mindset of 50-50, you're already going in failing because you're going in there with no desire to become one when oneness is the ultimate, ultimate goal of a marriage. Okay. That's the ultimate goal of a marriage. When two, God said, Hey, I brought you two together because the ultimate goal is to become one. So you can bring a godly seed in the earth. Right? So when we're talking about, um, finances, I read a, I read a, um, no, I was actually listening to a podcast recently. Um, and I think it was one of, um, Dave Ramsey's, um, podcast. And the guy, the host of it, he was sharing a story because this lady wrote in and she said, I, when she went to the hospital, had a baby and she opted to do the epidural. Well, the epidural costs more when you go into the hospital to have a baby. So the husband said, you're the one that opted for that. You have to pay that bill. Now, listen to that. That's the reason why. The reason why he can do that is the relationship had already been decided that we're going to split things 50, 50. Okay. Your wife just gave birth and we're discussing about who's going to pay for the hospital bill. You know, so, you know, we, we, we go into these relationships or we go into a marriage thinking, okay, your money is your money and my money is my money. But if you're not, if you and I are not willing to, to merge those things or to share those things, you know, and, and, and I hear, I, I hear every excuse in the world. Well, Karen, you don't understand the dynamic of my relationship. You know, my husband is just a spender. And so, you know, I can't, um, I can't allow him to have access to the money or I let him have his, his own money. Listen, 
when you sit down and have grown up conversation, because we're not talking about children here, when you sit down and have grown up conversations and this person have such a habit to where they have no self-control when it comes to spending, because if you made financial goals, like a house or a vacation or whatever that would look like, if you, if you have goals with your partner and your behaviors are not aligned with those goals, is that the person you should be married to? So it goes back again to that, to the premarital work and the foundation and the importance of having that work done. Okay, so let's fast forward and say you did get married, but this is where you find yourself with this person. You gotta get some help. You have to sit down with the therapist at this point, a counselor or financial person. I think your last guest was a financial advisor. Go see him, <laughs> go talk to him, make an appointment, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and have a conversation and, and come up with a plan to navigate those things. Don't settle in the moment and just dance with that dysfunction and say, Hey, you know, let's just split the money in half. Let's just split the money in half. And, and but what exactly are you working towards when that it becomes your norm? Because it's, you what, know? it's what you put and then it's just chaotic <laughs> exactly chaos yeah that's it so we we get into the relationship premarital counseling and all and we're in it we have the tools and i'm hoping because purpose is on all of our lives and mm -hmm. sometimes someone's purpose may shine a little bit brighter than the other not to say that one is more significant but we're dif graced differently and god has placed us here for different reasons so I'm in this marriage and I'm looking for a partner. I'm seeking support, but instead I end up with a competitor. How do I navigate? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I remember we were talking earlier about how we navigate conflict and um, instead of seeing each other as our adversary, we have to re remember that we're on the same team. When you get married, there's a reason why we, we, we both have the same last name now, <laughs> because we are on the same team. There's there's a significance with that name changing in my in my um, in my perspective, or from my perspective. But um, you're you're um, if you're on the same team, you have the same goals, you have the same vision, you know, for the marriage and as a couple. Now you're gonna have. Um, individual goals because remember you don't stop being the person that god created you to be because you got married right so you still have individual goals you still have um you still have uh you know focus and plans and purposes that god calls you to do and so the thing is when you get married or when you get into um, this new relationship now, that relationship is supposed to be propelling you towards those things, towards that purpose. If you're in a marriage or if you're looking at a looking to get married to someone who has no, I mean, absolutely zero respect for your purpose, that is not the person for you. And I boldly say it. You're with the wrong person. You're with the wrong person. You know, when when I go to my speaking engagements or any event that I'm going to, 
I listen, I be giving my husband big time props. It's like, that's my man in the front row. That's my man in the back, wherever, wherever he is in the room, I'm giving him his props because the only reason I can do what I do and do it well is because I have him supporting me. He is that beam that is supporting me. He is, you know, yes, I have my own backbone. Yes, I could do this thing on my own, but I can go so much further knowing that somebody has my back. That is true. That is true. And that is wonderful to have that level of support because together we can go further. But as you mentioned that, I just have some quick stereotypes that I wanted to break down. You may... Mm -hmm. Explain if you wish to, or you can just give a quick reaction. Okay. First one. So, I am an independent woman, and I don't need a man. I'm an independent woman, and I need a man. (laughs) Because guess what? Men, Men really do need an independent woman. They do. Men, grown men, want a woman that can make decisions. Mm-hmm. And because there's some to their and... that part <laughs> that part because he may not always know what to do he's not a know-it-all mm-hmm. you know so a lot of times my husband will say hey what do you think about this and this um i'm not sure okay let's go you know let's go work on it together let's go get the experts involved or you know hire somebody to do it whatever the, the case may be so th- th- the thing is being an independent woman is not a bad thing you know don't get me wrong it's not a bad thing but however it has nothing to do about with whether or not you need a man so there you have it ladies so we have another one Mm -hmm. so i love him therefore i can propose to him right Okay, listen. Um, <laughs> oh gosh. Um, let me. I'm really being transparent now. Um, when I met my husband in, uh, we met in 1991, 92. We met in 1992. No, 1991. We got married in 92. All right, so we met in 1991, and at the time when when we met, I was, I was just smitten. I was just smitten by this guy. He is amazing. And I thought, I, I asked him, what do you think about getting married? And that's how the topic of marriage came up. I'm not getting down on one knee with a ring asking nobody to marry me. This was a mutual decision. What do you think about it? Yeah, I never really thought about, yeah, yeah, we should. It makes sense. It, you know, that works for us. You know, not, now to each his own, because I, I'm not gonna, I, I, I am not trying to make anybody feel like, you know, um, feel less than or feel, you know, um, you know, feel any shame. I'm not bringing shame to you. I, you know, I don't want you to walk away. Um, I don't want your audience to walk away feeling any level of shame. Because, listen, when you talk about um, 
you know, when we're, we're saying, when we're talking about marriage and we're talking about merging lives together, this is a serious, serious um, undertaking, you know. So, hey, have conversation about it and allow him, give him the space to say, yeah, I think I want to partner with this person, you know. All right. Thank you for that. So, yeah. Final one to break down. Should men stop asking women what they bring to the table? <laughs> Please, can everybody stop asking what they bring to the table? You're not a meal. Stop <laughs> saying, stop talking about that. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Yes, it's time. It's time we stop talking about what we bring to the table. You know, get to know each other, get to know personalities, get to know character, get to know goals and plans and achievements and desires instead of, okay, what do you bring into the table? What table? <laughs> well, Karen, the final question to you is mm -hmm. purpose and relationship. What is your parting advice to our listeners and viewers? Gosh, so much. Um, first, this was a great conversation and I'm hoping that people pull a lot of nuggets from this. Um, cause I love, I love these impromptu conversations. You know, we have, I can say, I didn't know what you were about to ask me. <laughs> so, so this is great. And I, and I love it because, um, it doesn't give me a whole lot of time to overthink the answers. You know what I mean? But um, what I would leave, you know, when you talk about relationship, what I would leave your audience with is, we said this earlier, decide on the type of relationship that you want and settle for nothing less. When we start settling for less, we're actually leaving parts of ourselves each time. Every encounter, we're leaving part of ourselves behind. You and I don't want to get 10 years, 15 years, 20 years down the road and realize that we, we have completely missed who we are. We, we look in the mirror and we don't recognize ourselves anymore. Okay. And so remember that going in, if you're already in a marriage, I say you are on the same team. Do not approach conflict resolution from an adversarial position. That is what the enemy wants. There is a, keep in mind, there is an enemy that hates marriage. There's an enemy that do not want you to stay married. There's an enemy that is going to always show you what's greener and what looks better and then shame you when you step out into what you think was better. Okay. So keep that in mind. If you get nothing out of this conversation, that should be your takeaway. Write it down, put it on a sticky note, put it on your mirror and go buy my book. <laughs> I really enjoyed this conversation. It is so profound. We have so many gems, nuggets, whatever you want to call them that you can take from this conversation and as always i encourage persons to re-watch the conversation because i don't know where else you can get it but i know that you can get a whole lot here on this podcast mm -hmm. because we have guests who just are real who bring their experiences with them and who are able just to take a topic and just to 
transform it because this is truly transformational and link to, link it to purpose and always incorporating God at the center of it because without him we we don't have a purpose he is the reason why we are here he's the reason for the season and the reason and the center for everything that we do in life as mm-hmm. it to purpose and any industry that we want to tie purpose to so thank you so much Karen for coming I really appreciate it and of course we will have you again around Valentine's Day thereabouts because I want to talk about okay. and uh, please uh, we will have the links under this video as well as our information go to her page the real coach for life follow her book your consultations get her books because this is an investment that you should make in yourself as well as the relationship that you're entering into so that's it guys thank you so much for joining us for another episode on sold into purpose See you soon. Bye. Bye. Have a good one. All right. If you are out there and you wish to partner with us or share your products and services, please contact us with the information on your screen. That is soldintopurpose at gmail.com, S-O-U-L-E-D interpurpose at gmail.com, or give us a call at 876-427-7067. We look forward to working with you. If you are out there and you have a story that you believe will change the nation, guess what? Feel free to contact us right here on Sold Into Purpose to get your story heard. That is, contact us at soulintopurpose at gmail.com. That is, S-O-U-L-E-D interpurpose at gmail.com. Or give us a call at 876-427-7067. We look forward to sharing your story. As we conclude this profound exploration of purpose and relationships, We truly hope that you have found inspiration and valuable insights that you can take towards your relationship. Guess what? This is where the two elements blend and of course we can see how they're connected and why they are important. Remember, your connections with others are a mirror reflecting your growth, your capacity for love, your potential for transformation, and of course your purpose this is your guiding light that will help to take you to the next level however it is important for you to ensure that the relationships that you have you spend the time to nurture them invest in yourself and of course see how best it is that you can get additional tools to navigate the space with communication and conflict resolution as always we thank you so much for joining us and as always I'm your lovely host, Akila Thompson. This was a wonderful session.